What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast, where I have a drink with someone interesting. This week, I talked to Dandy Bagby, the co-founder, co-owner, co-runner, basically co-everything of Bagby Brewing in Oceanside, California, which she operates with her husband, Jeff. Previously, I've spoken with Dandy about their brewery shutdown, in particular their announcement due to the COVID-19 pandemic and how uncertain the future was then, not just for the brewery, but for all of us. Now that Bagby is reopening for takeaway with online ordering at bagbybeer.com, I wanted to reach out and find out why now. As always, Dandy was charming, insightful, and our conversation meanders around touching on beer, operating a small business, dealing with COVID, and where she'd take a mini vacation if the pandemic were over tomorrow. And because it seems important to note, there were several very relaxed beagles wandering in and out of the room behind her during our interview. But first, a reminder that the Coast News has been your leading local voice bringing North County San Diego the news of the neighborhood for over 34 years, and we continue to passionately cover the stories of our communities. You can support our efforts to provide high-quality local journalism by going to thecoastnews.com and, if you are able, clicking the donate button on the upper left. We appreciate your support. And, if you're looking for a place to get outside, the San Diego Botanical Garden in Encinitas is open. Buy tickets reserving your visit time online at sdbgarden.org. The mission of the garden is to inspire people of all ages to connect with plants and nature. Go on sdbgarden.org to plan your visit and see guidelines on how they're working to keep guests safe. And now, it's time for the show. Hello? Hiya. How's it going? It's good. How are you today? Good. Thanks for for joining me on an official Cheers podcast. I'm into it. Who's that behind you? That is English. That's a good-looking dog. I knew that I'd been in the quarantine for a long time because I started looking at adoption dogs. That's how you know. You're like, dogs are the best. (laughs) Do you have a beer by chance? I do. What are you drinking? I have been saving this beer. Oh, excited. For for, uh, the appropriate occasion, this is it. So have you heard of the beer shot? Yeah. I have. So uh, our friends, uh, Bill and Ashley are uh, the brewers and owners there and they shipped out a case that they just they swore they'd never can beer like that's just so they're just like that's just such a departure from what we love and about beer and old school beer and german styles and never never and it's one of those like never say never yeah uh that's <laughs> so actually canning it that is one of my favorite pilsners actually and every time that we're we're there we always, I always order that beer and they go, okay, well, you know, it's going to take a few minutes to like, you know, it's a slow pour. That's why it's called that. And I'm like, that's no, I get it. Like it's, yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I live in San Diego. I've been waiting six months for it. So like a few more minutes is going to be just fine. Well, this is why they didn't want a can because it's just not the same presentation at all. But I do have a glass too. Oh, wow. See, that's not fair. You guys did a collaboration with them, didn't you? Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, I should get that. And I feel like that might have been like right before all this happened. It was it was pretty close to right before. I know that we were drinking some of the last of it after we closed. So there may be a few ounces, very, very old ounces in a keg somewhere. I was, I'll let you know. I was thinking about that, getting prepared to talk to you today, which getting prepared for one of these shows takes about eight seconds. But I generally do a quick <laughs> Google search and then, and then I press the button. 
But I was thinking, you've had your own beer to drink. You've had baby beer. The rest of us have been sitting here for four months without it. Yeah. Uh, we, we also have not been consuming our beer. No. That's not true. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> of course we have been. <laughs> I figured, like, right at the beginning, I mean, you guys shut down, shut down, which was unique, I think. You shut down the brewery, is my understanding. You shut down the restaurant. I have to imagine yeah. there was quite a bit of beer there at the time. Uh, since it happened so fast, I would have thought yep. you'd been like showering in it just for, just to <laughs> use it. I mean, I don't even know how, how you go about that, but. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a, one of the remaining fallouts to this whole situation is what do you do with, with beer that you made, you know, several months ago? Uh, the good news is that most of our beer is in huge bright tanks. So we do have, we do have some of our beer that's kegged off, but of course everyone is it's maintained at temperature and all of that, but we have, uh, I mean, in the tanks right now, actually, we've got a couple of beers in the fermenters, a couple of lagers. So, you know, lagers, they just get better. So those guys are cruising. They're doing fine. A lot of our non, what do I want to say? A good proportion of our beer has really maintained its quality, which is great. Um, we did, we did have a brand new IPA on when all this happened, Boy Wonder, which you know, it's going to change over time. It will, because it's, you know, hop. They just kind of, they do their thing. They kind of fade a little bit. And so we tasted through all of the beers that, that we have, um, that are house beers, just to, you know, really just to kind of check on them. I mean, obviously we had been having a beer here or there, so I can attest that the struggle bus is perfect. Uh, <laughs> no, all the lagers are great. Our English, we have an English brown on actually named Free Beagles. Now you know why, because the seagulls are out here. I was going to say, um, they keep coming in through the door, and it's like watching like that cat scene in The Matrix. Can you see like, these guys? Yeah, I, I can. Chilling. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, they, they look Lila. like they're living a rough life, just relaxing they're, on those, yeah, they're, their they're own lounge chairs. Yeah. One way or the other, they're getting through it. Yeah, no, this is their life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous of them, most days. Most days. Um, yeah, so a good good segment of the beers. I mean, we, we're not going to put it on if we're not proud of it, if it doesn't taste great. So if, you know, actually we had that question. So yesterday we went, we opened up, we got our, we opened up for online ordering and contactless pickup, which was a huge deal for us personally. And one of the questions on the old Instagram was, uh, so tell us about your beers. You know, did you make all fresh beers? Like, no, of course not. Mm-hmm. That's not really practical, but we would also would not, serve something that we didn't would not drink ourselves and are not proud of it's just not worth it quality is what we do so yeah there's that lots of beer well that's a that's a good question i mean it has been since march that you guys shut down and we talked back in march a little bit for an article about why you weren't prepared just to reopen because you could or even for takeout what has changed for you guys now why reopen you know, when did you guys get back? I know you were doing a lot of planning and kind of re-envisioning yeah. the brewery, but what was it like that you felt like now was the time you felt good about it? We had well, a couple of things happened. Um, you know, there were, there were a couple of compete, not competing, but I, I should say compounding factors. Of course, the virus and the pandemic is still there. That hasn't changed. If not, I mean, even since we talked, it was, you know, we were talking about how it was going to get worse and it's gotten worse. I didn't even ask you what you're drinking. So that's okay. Um, I'm actually drinking a Tabula Rasa from Second Chance Brewery. 
And it's probably the first porter I've had of the year. Nice. And I had I had thought about having an IPA, and I went to the fridge, and I realized the only IPAs I have aren't local. And I felt ah. bad about that because this is the Cheers North County podcast. So I said, no, we're going to drink local beer. And it was a great happy accident because this is a fantastic beer. I would have yeah. I would have had one of your beers. Um, I had been waiting to see the when you officially were opening. And then I saw it yesterday at about 6 o'clock, and it said open Sunday <laughs> until 6 o'clock. And I was oh. 6 o'clock, I know. Perfect. <laughs> so I missed great. it. But anyway, you, right. you were saying about um, yeah. why now? Yeah, so obviously the, you know, our being able to protect ourselves and our people and our community is still there. It's still the most important thing. So that that's one factor. The other factor were all of the things, as you mentioned, that we were doing and are doing kind of behind the scenes, really foundational work that, you know, is has been super, super important. So that has just taken time. So, you know, absent that, I think that we potentially would have been open earlier. I think also... A lot of evidence that, could, that is suggesting how safe you can be with masks and gloves and proper distancing. So it, you know, that kind of, as we were kind of wrapping up the bulk of some of that really deep work that we'd been doing, you know, obviously watching what's going on intently, constantly. And it's, it has become more clear to us that it is possible to do this in a really, really safe way. Um, and that's what we're doing. So it's, there's absolutely no interface between a guest and our us, our people. And um, you literally order online and pay. You pull into a, park, a numbered parking spot. There's a table in front of the parking spot. Your bag is dropped. Your ID is checked through your window. And hands off, away we go. So once we sort of got that procedure down and that that would be possible and really doable and very clean for both us and for our guests, it made, it made sense for us to to sort of dip our toe in the water as it were. One of the things I wrote was reading through kind of like the process that you you posted on your website, bagbybeer.com. And yeah. I noticed right away the, the scenario where they drop it on a table at the parking spot and then walk away. And I really noticed it because one, I, I have a background obviously, you know, in running restaurants. Yeah. And so I've been yeah. weirdly enjoying the operational thought process of it. Yeah. And I've been enjoying it probably more because I don't have to actually do it. Um, but when I went to do some beer pickups from places that I thought were really doing a good job, um, like Society or Epic, and the one thing I noticed was I was the problem. And even though wow. I'm really concerned about coronavirus and have been very aggressive about social distancing, yep. there was kind of this instinctual... I'm in a social environment. I want to talk to you and communicate with you. And I really had to check myself and get like, I found that I was walking towards them, not the other way around that, that even though I was going into it going, I'm worried about them being safe. I was the problem. And you've really kind of taken that away from the customer. Like if they're never getting out of the car and realistically you can, you can only control so much. And that was kind of my biggest concern was, what I kind of realized after that first beer pickup was the breweries can only do as much as they can do. And yeah. even if they do everything perfect, they can only, they can't control the customers, which is something That's we've right. been seeing around the country. Yeah. And so it really is Definitely. a, there really is, it's less of, yes, this is a service and you have a business and you're providing it. But one thing I've really noticed is like 
as a community, we have to kind of take this social contract into consideration. Like I'm going to respect the values you're putting forth and you're respecting, you know, our desire to have your product and, and work together. And you, and you know, this from your, from your career in hospitality is that hasn't that always been true though? It hasn't always been respected, but we've always had desire to encourage people to sort of understand, embrace, and respect what it is that we as operators or managers or leaders are trying to trying to do. And that's been sort of a classic battle. And I don't mean an aggressive way. I just mean a, maybe in an internal way, where as, a, as an owner-operator manager, you have you have the, the kind of guidelines you'd like people to adhere to and to, you know, varying degrees they do or don't. Sure. And that just leads in the past that was just like sort of annoying and frustrating and or maybe self-reflective. How do we do this better so that so that people understand what we're trying to what we're trying to do here uh, now? It could be deadly. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a really interesting sort of this virus is a really interesting layer on top of what has sort of always been there, which is, you know, what what the business is trying to do versus what the guest wants. And what the guest understands about what the business is trying to do and how does that mesh? Does it, does it mesh together? Is it conflict? Is it seamless? Or does the business just kind of throw their hands up and say anything goes? You know, we've all been in places like that. So it's, it's very interesting. And, and I definitely relate to your, your thought about how this sort of mental gymnastics of how do you solve these problems? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, operating a restaurant is not easy, as you know, and but at the same time, it's sort of some of the same problems that you just apply different logic to. But this is totally just these new problems to solve. And so, in your mind, right, this is how you you brain things. How would I solve this problem? How would I how would I address this? The other thing that what your comment just made me think of is that inherently we're social creatures. And if you are the kind of person in general, I'm not trying to you know paint a broad brush, but if you're the kind of person that loves beer, you're probably at some degree pretty social. And so when you see people that are similar and like the same things, or maybe that you know, and it's hard to break however many years we've been alive, you know, it's hard to break those habits, really hard. Hey, everyone, we'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Dandy. But first, we need to do one of those sponsor bits. And now, back to the show. Yeah. Find the same, find the same thing. It really is difficult, and the situation that you you guys have set up with the order online, drop off the table, walk away, they can get out and get their food, is kind of what my wife and I have done here with groceries. We have like a table set yeah. up. When people come in, we say thank you through the window above, and like, but we really yeah. had to regiment it because in the beginning, a few months ago, I would almost I would wait outside on the patio, and yeah. even then, I would have to stop myself from walking up to the the gate just to say, "Hey, and you know." Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And it's these little details that make all the difference. And when I, it's a big thing to give up, you know, if that's kind of who you are. And I struggle with that because my dad is, uh, he ran restaurants for about 40 years. It's where I grew up with him. And he's kind of on the other side of this where he doesn't think, he doesn't take it as seriously as I do. He's not completely ignoring it, but he's also like, you know, this is just who I am and I'm not going to change that. Yeah. And I yeah. wonder how he would have managed. I wonder how that would have been different if he was thinking about it as the safety of his employees as opposed to yeah. just himself. Because it's yeah. you know, he's retired and doesn't have to worry about it. But when I saw the news yeah, that like definitely. Walmarts and Home Depots and everyone was going to mandate masks, 
but they were they weren't going to do it for like a week because they needed to figure out how to train people to do it. I almost kind of laughed. Yeah. I said, "Well, why don't they just put out a call and hire every out of work bouncer ever?" Because bars yeah, and restaurants no, have been that, doing actually. this. Somebody tweeted that. <laughs> they, we've been doing this for years. Like these are the rules: no shirt, no shoes, no service, or you know, like, yeah. hey, you don't have an ID, you don't get in. Like, we know yeah. how to handle this. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Let's let the bar business handle these people, right? Or <laughs> so I love that idea because it's true. What are you? You talked about you've been doing a lot of kind of background work, and there was I, you know, the first iteration is that the right word? The first version, yeah, yeah the first yeah. version of Baggy. Now yeah. you have we've had COVID, and now you're reopening kind of slowly for takeout. What does the second version of Baby look like to you guys? Let's say hypothetically, COVID ends tomorrow, which mm. oh yeah, you know every day I wake up and I think maybe it's been like a, a movie that I'm part of. Like I don't really uh, know. God, wouldn't that be great? Uh, but what is what uh, is some of that work that you guys have been doing, and what are you guys envisioning for the future? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that there were quite a few things that were that were going on that, you know, just sort of day-to-day things that were just from an operations perspective that weren't maybe challenged by Jeff and I in the right way and or embraced by our managers and staff in the right way. There was just a little bit of a, just a disconnect, you know, and not entirely and not on every level, but in a couple important ways, there were some things that we, Jeff and I value and are, that things are really important to us that just sort of got, I don't want to say lost, but just sort of not emphasized appropriately. And so the first thing that's most important to us is really breaking down that barrier between us and our vision and our what we value and how our employees, how our staff understands that and understands us ultimately and what we're trying to what we're trying to communicate. Um, it's really hard because unless you are the only operator, you know, if Jeff and I are the only two people working, it's, there is no divide. That just is, you know, there's no separation between your goals and who you are and, and what the guest experience is because you're making it happen. But the second you add a layer of employees, now you have, it's, you know, it's sort of like, I don't know what a good analogy is, but trying to, trying to fix something with a tool that you can only use part of, you know, like it's, it just gets a little, it can get a little clunky and it had gotten a little clunky. And so that's one something really important that we're rearranged, have rearranged our priorities so that that doesn't happen again. That's the big key one. And then from there, things just like the size of our staff, that also, you know, it's just Jeff and me. We're not a huge corporation. We're not, don't have a bunch of, you know, operations managers and all of that. It's just us. And so how do we ensure that we're able to really keep that connection and keep that things that we value and hold important at the forefront of everyone's mind. And the bigger your staff gets, the harder that gets because the management of that becomes unruly. And uh, we found ourselves in that position, just sort of, you know, there's sort of a, as you know, as you get out from the inner circle of, you know, just me and him to the, you know, maybe the newest employees or the, the employee that is, you know, that, you know, doesn't know as much about us as somebody who's been with us for five years. Those guys are just as important also. So really getting that core solidified, keeping it as small as we possibly can and seeing seeing how we can grow from a smaller team in general. And this isn't to say that we 
don't, didn't, don't love and didn't love our former employees. Of course we did. But the reality is that operating with a staff that just by its size, not because of anybody's fault or anything, just by the sheer magnitude, we had, you know, 60, 70 employees you know, at our peak of busy season. And, you know, no matter what things are going to get diluted as you kind of, as you kind of spread out. So how, how small can we keep this team and still kind of meet some of our goals is, is a big one too. Sure. And that's something I've, I, I'm a big believer in is building a really strong core. And then as you add people in, in the future, it makes that easier because they're coming into a situation where everybody's trying right. to lift them to a certain level. And I had a, a really great employee that was, really struggling at work and a lot of the other employees were complaining to me about him. And I remember because I knew most of my employees really well, I didn't necessarily work with them every day, but I had spent enough time with them during training. I thought that just doesn't sound like the person I know. And when I just asked about it, it turned out he had been having problems outside of work and was bringing them in and was just young enough that he didn't realize it. And we talked it through and, you know, he turned things around and he was great. And I think one of the values of having a small team is that not just bosses, but also coworkers can reach out and say, Hey, this guy's struggling and something's wrong and we need to figure it out. And there really is kind of this family environment to, and it could be 10 people. It could be five, it could be 50. And it just kind of depends on, on having that really important core. Um, absolutely. In, in my opinion. Well, absolutely. And I, I mean, I remember being an, an employee, obviously we were employees our whole life until we opened this company. So there's a lot of experience being employees, but, um, I, this is way back in the day. My, one of my, actually my first job was a restaurant job. I think maybe we talked about it, but it, I had my, one of my bosses at the, one of the owners of the restaurant that I was working in. And he, you know, at the time I was young, I was a high school kid, but it was the first time that he had pulled me aside and said, Hey, What's going on? And I had no idea that what was going on with me personally was bleeding into my work environment. And it was. And had he not taken the time to say, this is really important that you understand this. And that, you know, when you come in this building, we need the best of you, not not whatever else is going on. And that we're counting on you. And it's important that, that you show up all the way. And those are values. So many of those values I learned back then are still there. You know, and I think when when a staff gets a little a little out of field in terms of what you can manage, you lose that. You lose that ability to, like you said, to stay in tune with them and make sure that they have what they need. And do you need to go home because you have something important going on? And you know, we're here to support you. But in general, just flattening that organization too, so that you know everybody is is able to do lots of things and we're able to stay in tune with them. Oh, that's important very cool. to us. I was looking at the menu for ordering online, even though I can't do it until Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> it looks like for beer, at least, it's crawlers only. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, we are considering, uh, we have an extensive, I don't know if you know this, you might, extensive packaged beer list from I do know this. all kinds of breweries all over the world. So we've already had somebody ask about whether or not we would sell Oud or Vol. We have some, some aged or Vol. <laughs> Uh, and of course we will. So, uh, if people, if, if you have requests or stuff you want us to put up there, fire away. Cause there's no skin off our, our back. We'd love to connect you with some of those rare barrel bit bottles or whatever else we've got going on, whether it's, you know, Belgian beers or God, whatever, whatever we got. So 
Okay, so a non-brewery beer question, but if the pandemic yep. was over tomorrow and you yeah. could take a week off, which I'm assuming you can't do for at least 10 years now because you're just resetting, <laughs> right. where where do you go? What is your vacation? Oh what is What do you do to get, what do you and Jeff do to get away? Or do you get away from each other? Because that could be a fair... No, we don't. <laughs> we actually, and I know it's crazy, but we... We really, we love, we love to travel together. We love to be together. It's just not, and I hate when people say that because I roll my eyes. I get it. Uh, we spend a lot of time together and we work, we work together. We obviously live together. We travel together. We do all the stuff, but we, I just asked them this question uh, because the last, you know, the last four months have been really grueling. The last two months have been and with, you know, just working every single day of the week, 12 hour days, most days. It's a lot. It's a lot of things. Uh, and so we're just, we're pretty tired at this point. And uh, today is actually the first day that I've had not going in to the brewery uh, in a, as long as I can remember the last couple months. So, uh, and he, of course, is there because that's Jeff. Jeff, he's, well, I got things to do. I'm going with the kids, hanging out with the dogs today. You, you go. But, um, man, I don't know if it's Mexico. It might be. I don't know. It depends. We love Mexico. We love the, really anywhere, but. That was actually the last trip we took before all this happened was just to, actually with these guys, with Bierstadt. They were in town for our collabor- a collaboration release in February, and we went down to uh, Rosarito and Sonata area for just a couple nights. So that, I mean, a quick trip like that, that could, that does wonders. But, you know, we love the, uh, the Gulf side also, the Peninsula side. I don't know. Somewhere to just it's, take a nap uh, on the beach probably. It's one of those things that we think about a lot because we spend a lot of time in the summers traveling and camping. Uh, my yeah. wife has summers off. She works in the school system. So she gets about a month off in the summers, which truthfully, I think years ago I would have been like, well, that's not fair. And now I think like it's not enough. <laughs> like not enough. Yeah. <laughs> it takes her like four weeks to decompress and then another four weeks to ramp up again. So, yeah. Um, yep. So as we've been kind of like progressing through the year and canceling trips that first trip becomes really important yeah, and so it does. Uh, we're going camping this coming weekend it's our first time out this year and oh, we're very okay. careful about it like I found like a really small campground that no one ever goes to anyways cool and I think we're I really wait. yeah we're really excited and I think we're only really concerned our only real concern at this point is the bathroom situation yeah and so <laughs> is the bathroom open because some of the campgrounds they aren't are we yeah. willing to, we've been together 17 years and the door still gets shut when someone uses the restroom. And so <laughs> are we willing to buy a portable bathroom? Like, how are we going to handle yeah. this? And so we're learning a lot. I don't know. These are hard. These are real <laughs> life challenges in the they face are. of COVID. Yeah. Uh, I laugh when I you say know. you guys spend a lot of time together. My wife left the other morning to do like a socially distanced coffee breakfast with some coworkers. And I think I texted her like an hour or two into it. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I miss you. Like, I'm not used to you being gone. Like, I'm so used to you yeah. just being here now. <laughs> Hurry back. <laughs> so it's a good thing. Well, um, I, I think, too, with people that you care about, you you want them close to you also, you know? Yeah. Well, so we're, there's that element as well. We're so far from our families, too, that we really yeah. are, are a team for most things. Mm-hmm. And that's been the hardest thing through this whole thing is their visits to us being canceled. Yeah. You know, it might be a full year before I see my dad or my mom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
and you start thinking about, well, how many of those visits do we have left? And I think that's a real yeah, for sure. reckoning you're seeing people make. I don't know if you saw, but the chef at uh, Junette Jolie and Campfire just decided to not continue being the chef. And it was because he's... No, I did not see that. Yep, Ooh. Chef Andrew. And, and the reasoning is very specific, is that because of the pandemic, he's been home with his family. And it made him yeah. very aware of all the time he spent away from them. he's mis- missing, yeah. And he's got two young kids, and Ooh. so he decided to find a different path. And, and, um, wow. and you're seeing Long that show. kind of thing. Yeah, it was, it's big news here in Carlsbad where I live. And, there's a lot of realignment like that. I um, absolutely can understand and respect that. We've, got, we've had our own sort of version of that, not with our chef. Robert, is uh, he's there. He's, he's, he's embedded. <laughs> Uh, no, he's, he's, he's been fantastic for all this. Um, yeah, but a long-term manager was just like, Hey, I, um, I'm doing something else. I've done this my whole life and now's the time. And I got, I have, I have kids and I want I just want to make a different path. And, you know, our answer is good for you, you know, go do the thing. Like that's, you've given enough to this industry. You've given enough to us. Like if you need to go make another path, go do that your family here, no matter what happens. So that's, that's, gosh, if nothing else happens from this, if people get more aligned with what they want to be doing and should be doing instead of just doing what they think they're supposed to do, I think that's exactly right. Well, that's a really wonderful thought. And I think a really good way to end this. So I would say cheers to you. And thank you so much Yay. for joining me today. And congratulations. Uh, Bagby yeah. is now open for takeout when? For now. And we will always update our website with the most current because things are going to be changing. We know that. We know that for sure. So for now, Wednesday through Saturday, we're open. Uh, we're thinking four to nine. That could be earlier. It could go later. We'll just have to see. But for now, four to nine. And then Sundays, it's going to be like a 12 to 6. See how, see how it flies. Well, congratulations and cheers to you. Thank you, Ryan. Cheers. Thanks for having me. That's my show today. Thank you to Dandy for coming on. Bagby Brewing has always made great beer, and not that it was in doubt, but these past few months have shown just how much they also care about their customers, employees, and the community that is supporting them. Bagby Beer is currently open for takeaway Wednesday through Saturday from 4 to 9 p.m. and Sundays noon to 6 p.m. Things are flexible, so be sure to follow their social media accounts at Bagby Beer for updates. You can set up your beer, food, and cocktail orders on their website, bagbybeer.com. If you're out in the world, be sure to pick up a copy of the Coast newspaper. You can find them all over North County. Or head online to thecoastnews.com for all the latest stories. And if you're looking for more podcast content, please check out the newest episodes of Headlines or the North County Beat presented by the Coast News. They can be found anywhere you listen to great podcasts. That's another episode of Cheers North County produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Jordan Ingram is my editor-in-chief. The Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream out there. Cheers, everyone. This show is available on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Overcast. Please support us by giving it a follow wherever you're listening. Share it and tag at Cheers North County on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.